So we are in this amazing private room and we're going to talk about customer experience, right? What are they expecting if they walk into a restaurant? I think it's all about, you know, how you listen uh, to a customer. So let's start there. You know, when someone walks in, what are the body cues that you're looking for? And how do you know that, okay, I have to fulfill this need for that customer? Absolutely. Well, sometimes as well, I think the customers are a little bit afraid of the sommelier role because uh, th that's what is uh, our our job to do. We, we need to guide the, uh, the guest through uh, his needs. Mm. So, of course, uh, if you came out with a budget in mind, uh, you need to fulfill the budget. You can upsell, of course, but then, of course, you True. know, yeah. it's a way. True. So if, if I, you know, uh, let's say, and that's a great point, like I'll, I'll give you my example. Let's say if I came with my wife and I just want to spend, I'm thinking of 200, as obviously, I know where I'm going to go. So it's, I, I know that's minimum going to be 200, right? If I enter this kind of place. But I don't want to spend more than that. So uh, at least I know that. Now, how, how, what are the questions you ask me or how do you gauge Im immediately so that way you are offering me the right wines or, you know? It's, uh, it's actually one beautiful question that you can do and it works every time, mm -hmm. more or less, is uh, to ask what you usually drink. Mm. or what would you what you thinking actually to go for mm. so that is actually give you a little uh, uh, something in mind a little price point a little price range and a, and a style of the wine that the guest is actually looking for mm. like for example if you see ah yeah well usually you know i drink uh, uh, some syrah from australia uh, what do you usually drink? Uh, usually I drink uh, Penfold, you know, mm. then already gives you a little idea of uh, what the, the guest is uh, used to and uh, what would be you know, kind of at the price point. You know, uh, about the customer expectations, right? So when they come in a luxury restaurant like the Ritz or, you know, yours or, you know, like fine dining experiences, I think what they're looking for is a great customer experience, right? So what are some service standards that you expect from your staff or which you have to hold up? And I'm sure it's a tough task, right? Like that smile you have to just every day. It's like, you know, uh, what are some basic, like a minimum that as a service you have to must, you know, adhere to? Anticipation is anticipate the needs of mm -hmm. the guest. Of course, it might look that a very, you know, classic environment, but uh, our service is very relaxed at the end. So we want the guests to feel home, to feel, uh, you know, relaxed and to really enjoy it. And mm. we try uh, absolutely to anticipate every need, like, uh, uh, of course, to anticipate the wine mm. or I, what was uh, a couple of nights ago, we had uh, engagement yeah. proposal. So they, they sat down, we, we offer, of course, uh, a glass of champagne mm. and then uh, of course when uh, he proposed she said yes we came out with another glass of course of nice. uh, rosé bubbles for example nice. uh, and uh, we we tried uh, because they asked us to film it as well we tried you know to hide it so yeah it's a lot of anticipation on uh, little uh, little things because all the little details is what uh, make the service uh, and make the experience of the yeah. guest as the best as very it nice. Can I mean, I'll, I'll add a personal experience I just had like ten minutes before when we entered here, right? So when we entered, we were asked sparkling or still water, at least asked water, which is great, first of all, right? While we were waiting for you, and then uh, they he asked us whether you want a coffee or a tea. I said no, but the way he asked again, are you sure? You know, I can you know I'll give you coffee because he said it will take five more minutes. 
So he asked again, but at that moment, I realized I had no obligation because he asked so nicely that I could say, yes, just bring the coffee. So that is a great example where I was not obliged because the service was so in the service that I could say, yeah, why not, you know? So I think that that was very nice about your team there, you know, in, in how they asked. Uh, so those kind of, I think one of the things that you said is cues. When, when I like look for people in, like when I'm looking for a waiter, and I see that, oh man, no one's looking, I have to do this. Those are the bad signs, right? Exactly. So shouldn't happen. Shouldn't happen. Shouldn't right? happen. So how do you, you know, advise uh, restaurant industry or maybe young sommeliers to like, what are the some cues? How do you look at customers while knowing that you're not staring at them? These are like way of communicate without actually even speaking. So at the end, if you think the service is not that long, so you can start, for example, here. Uh, we start from six o'clock. Well, it's actually all day experience here, but most of the time, the busiest time is from six o'clock till nine o'clock mm. at the end. It's not that much. So uh, it's three hours of focus. Mm. And you need just to be focused, of course, on the on the guests because that is our, uh, main, mm. main, True. you know, when we showtime, exactly like, yeah. where we, we need to give the attention. So True. we need to get in, give the full on and always be aware of what's happening. Even uh, our colleague, for example, if he's a little bit busy on uh, with the food, because yeah. of course we do wine, but if he's uh, busy on one table to serve the, the, the food and uh, another tray comes for another, of course, table, yeah. we do some eye contact. And we let him know, you know, to understand, okay, I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. And uh, we serve the food. Very nice. So you, you constantly have to cover, you know, each other as well. Of course. While you're on the floor. Uh, so a lot of body language reading is going on. Huh? God. Do you place food menu uh, and drinks menu together or it's just the first drinks menu? We do first when the guests approaching, we approach actually with a champagne trolley. Okay. With a wine list also. Got it. So that is a little, uh, uh, a little trick to upsell a glass of champagne, because when you see it in front, yeah, of course, yeah. how you can say no, no. True. <laughs> and uh, and then I know that's 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 a good point. That is uh, actually a little time when you can actually present the wine list, you yeah. know, and uh, uh, explain how it's uh, structured and how to serve through the. I mean, wine sometimes list. I've noticed that when when I go to a fine restaurants, right, like. I have no idea about if it's a preset or a la carte or this and that when I'm just browsing as a tourist, you know, and then I, I would love to actually see the restaurant menu because if it's just going to be 200 per person or something like that, I know that I'll say no to the drinks, you know, while I'm already there. So uh, do you think it's a good idea to give a little trailer about how much food is so they know? about the drinks budget? No, 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 of course. So, well, we, we just indulge in a little aperitif usually, and then we leave the wine list. And right after, we got uh, our colleagues uh, uh -huh. on the, in the restaurant on the floor that they're coming, and of course, then they explain uh, the, the menu. Got it. And uh, talk, of course, about the dishes, the concept, and uh, all the details. If you were starting your own restaurant, like what would what, what be an ideal scorecard, business scorecard, that you would be aiming for? So first thing is uh, to understand the concept of your restaurant. Mm -hmm. You need to, to see what is, of course, the food that you want to do, uh, what is the concept that you want to give, if it's Italian, if it's, uh, you know, Fusion, if it's Asian, whatever it is. Of course, after building that concept, you need to build up uh, the wine list mm -hmm. and the cocktail list, of course, accordingly to the food, because everything needs to be in harmony, right? Mm -hmm. So you cannot, uh, if you do a seafood restaurant, you cannot uh, 
put uh, as I said Bordeaux and Cabernet Sauvignon from Napa Valley and mm -hmm. two whites mm -hmm. you know like so you need to be a little bit of uh, balance in it because at the end of the day people yes the main they come in with the wine but the main purpose they come in mostly they're driven by the food True. and the experience all around yeah but that's why when, when I look uh, on the restaurant, I usually see, uh, okay, today I want to eat Italian. So let's choose this one. So I choose by the, yeah. uh, by the food. And then secondly, of course, uh, second place is the wine. So I would say that uh, understanding uh, uh, the concept and then build up the wine list accordingly and the cocktail. So if it's course uh, seafood I would try you know to focus a little bit on the lighter red with uh, a little bit more on the white side uh, something more mineral mm -hmm. or something with a little touch of uh, residual sugar you mm -hmm. know if it's like uh, some uh, Japanese concept or Chinese but and then of course seeing the needs of the guests on the mood part right like it's as you said it is a showtime you know uh, 5 p.m. smiles and confidence and chest up, right? But if someone's in a low mood, you're one of your staff member, or maybe you yourself, you know, just had a bad day or whatever is happening in personal life, you know, how do you, what kind of self-talks do you do? Or maybe to your team that, hey, you know, it's fine, forget about it. Let's just smile and keep going. Well, it's the team. When you uh, work with uh, beautiful people, as in this case, and uh, you come into work, I mean, you might have some problem, but what, what I think is like uh, your personal problem of your personal life, uh, once you step inside the, the premises of your job, you let them outside uh, the door. Hmm. Because at the end, you came here to work, you came here, you know, to perform, and of course, you know, to, to let an experience pleasant for somebody else. Still, of course, you need, you have some, uh, some problem. Well, when you're working with good people, you know, like, and uh, a great team, as in this case, it's, it's just, you come in and even if you have a bad day, you have a laugh, you have a, you nice. have a coffee and you start the day like in the best way possible. Nice. Let's go uh, on, the, on the wine list management or including diversity, you know, or, or making a diversified wines actually, those are two different things. So uh, how, how would you go about, you know, adjusting the current state of where we are, you know, and that can include, uh, you know, people drinking more non-alcoholic wines to, you know, biodynamic to, you know, uh, how, how are you listening to the current trends of UK market and adjusting very quickly to the needs in your wine menu? Well, it's uh, very easy. As uh, anticipated, uh, we have the luck to not just have in the restaurant because, of course, when you do the buying, you do the listing on your wine list, you need of course, to keep the uh, guest as a focus. You need to, to see what you usually sell in mm -hmm. the restaurant, what your guest actually uh, looking uh, uh, look after. And uh, here is very focused. We are very focused in terms of restaurant, of course, of uh, uh, kind of a old, uh, old world uh, wine as mm -hmm. Bordeaux, Burgundy. We have a great list of Burgundy. But as well, we have uh, the bar, mm -hmm. which is um, buzzing with uh, a lot of uh, new wave uh, of uh, people mm -hmm. some somebody look after look look is looking um, after some uh, new new wave uh, wines mm -hmm. you know i had some question do you have any saperavi from georgia do you do any wine from slovenia do you do something from romania and uh, that actually made me think then afterward of course we had uh, uh, a bit of uh, requests from uh, um, 
uh, events mm. uh, for wine tastings in the cellar mm. or of doing, of course, upcoming wine, uh, of beaten truck, let's mm -hmm. say like that. Mm -hmm. And of course, uh, a little bit of biodynamic and natural wine. Mm -hmm. So as well is a little excuse, you know, to put uh, some diversity on the wine list because of course you need to please everybody. If someone is asking you particularly an exact name, right? Like, do you have XYZ from this region? You know, uh, I just tried somewhere lately uh, and you don't have, right? So do you make a note or do you, what is, what do you do at what point you are actually going to put an effort to find out, okay, let me find out about this wine. And where is that? Why would you do that? What would make you do that? No, of course, if he's a regular guest or a guest that uh, it, came so more than once and uh, he's asking for it, of course, we do it because, uh, it. I mean, uh, it would be... It's so if it's nice, a one-time guest, touch. you would say, you, sorry, this is not there. This is a closest and call it a day, right? But if it's a regular customer, you will put an effort to find out. I will put an effort to find out well, as well if it's been a request for more than once. Mm. Uh, then, of course, I will start to look for it because uh, it's, it's requested then course we start actually to look into the wine maybe because yes we have the knowledge but you cannot not know everything you true, know in this true. world so we start actually to research uh, and sometimes even if you come come up in uh, a lot of portfolio tastings yep. that uh, happens around of course we start actually to think to list uh, to list the wine yep and of course then uh, having a little bit of fun for us because you know nice. we are sommelier yeah, yeah. we are wine geeks try at the end things. no so we want to try everything absolutely this one last questions on the business metrics right you know uh, a lot of people uh, especially like we think that sommelier is more related to wine but obviously it's tea beverage to everything right uh, can you give us a breakdown of uh, a standard uh, category breakdown for a total beverage sales like what it should look like you know as a normal sales breakdown no absolutely well um, Depends, of course, on the places. Here, thanks to the bar, thanks to the restaurant, and thanks to the cellar, we are more or less 50-50 with the food in oh. terms of sales. All right, got it. More or less, in terms of wine and spirits, mm -hmm. talking like that. Uh, of course, food make the most, mm -hmm. uh, most of the time, but more or less so we it's 50% food, 25% wine, 25% spirits. Exactly. All right. Well, maybe... Depends, because uh, if you think about it, we got uh, events, we got restaurant, and uh, and of course we got bar mm. as well. So yes, it would be around 30% wine, 25% spirits, mm. because it's, at the end is we have the luck to be a very focused place for yeah. wine. And in that, if we, if we break down more, you know, how much is cocktails, uh, how much is coffee, how much is tea, uh, just a rough estimate? Well, let's say that... Uh, in, uh, if we sold, uh, we closed the year with uh, uh, four million in F and B. Mm -hmm. Let's say a rough, yep. uh, rough, rough figure. So it will be more or less a two thousand. Uh, sorry, a two million in terms of uh, uh, beverage, mm -hmm. which includes uh, a cocktail, uh, spirits, uh, and uh, and wine, and of course water mm -hmm. gets in it and. Uh, Oh yeah, water is a big category. Yeah. Sometimes it helps, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Those little uh, extra pounds. Yeah. And yeah, and uh, so let's say that more or less it will be uh, one million in uh, one million, and sometimes it's nine hundred ninety thousand in uh, wine, maybe one million point five in spirits, or vice versa. So more or less. What is the highest uh, markup category? You know, is that water? <laughs> Is that coffee or cocktails or wine? Where, where is the highest net margin? 
Well, I think uh, uh, spirit is doing the most because, of course, uh, you integrate cocktail with it. Okay. Uh, sometimes, of course, you, you do a proper margin of cocktails when, uh, yes, you have a base spirit, then you have some juice, uh, then uh, you have some uh, syrups. Well, that, I think, is make a little bit more of higher margin cocktails. in cocktail-wise. And, and uh, spirit, uh, uh, more or less, I think, a little bit higher than the wine. Okay. But wines, uh, we're talking, uh, yes, it really depends of uh, how much the wine it costs because uh, yeah. we, we break down our margin in uh, different categories. Mm. So, of course, uh, uh, more expensive is the cost of the wine. We try to reduce a little bit the margin of sales and then the wines that are a little bit more cheaper, we try, you know, to balance it out. So, so if, if, if there is an average, if I'm an analyst and I'm breaking down this data, uh, when I'm drinking wine, it's a wine table when they're having wines, you know, have, have you seen more top line, like $200 billing versus a spirit would be $120, uh, I mean pounds. Uh, which category has more top line contributions? I would say that is, uh, is mid range. Per person I'm saying. Like, okay. Forget about which is actually contributing, but if there was one person who's, you were drinking spirits and I'm on wine today, Yeah. you know, uh, is your bill going to be like two cocktails and mine is going to be maybe a bottle as an average, 60 pounds? I would say that is actually more than wine, especially more in, in, the, wine? in the restaurant. More in wine, right? That's more what I'm wine I and more uh, downstairs, of course, in the, in the cellar. So if I wanted to increase profit, I would say, okay, let's do more cocktail sales. And if I want to increase more top line, I would say let's sell more wine. Exactly. Am I, am I correct on that? Basically, yeah? yes. Got it. What have you seen changed, you know, after COVID? Uh, have you seen... A different kind of customer, you know, uh, can you just give us a little summary about the new, you know, uh, way customers are coming, expectations or even what they're drinking, just to talk about trends and what has changed? Well, knowledge of the people, first thing, because, uh, well, during COVID, a lot of people actually start to, to thanks to the influencer, let's mm -hmm. say on Instagram, thanks to being hot at home a little bit more time. Somebody was, uh, let's say on uh, for low, uh, wasn't working. So they start actually to develop a little bit of passion in terms mm -hmm. of wine. Mm -hmm. So to develop a little bit of knowledge also. Mm -hmm. So that's what we, we see after COVID people with more knowledge. We drank on more. <laughs> on, terms of, <laughs> on terms of wine. Yeah. And uh, that was very pleased because it was even a little bit more um, more exciting for us, nice. you know, to try to guide the guests. Okay, uh, you know, during lockdown, I drank uh, a beautiful refosco from uh, Slovenia. Very Fantastic, yeah. I don't have it, but let me suggest you something on the style that uh, my, my... You at least got them talking, you know? Exactly, because exactly. Because they try different things. And then, of course, uh, uh, increase of price. As you see, yeah. Bordeaux, Burgundy, they spiking up uh, uh, a lot. True. So the, we need to find uh, Overall, the prices have gone up? You, you, and they're going in up all categories? and up and up. Yeah. Well, mostly Burgundy. Uh, of course, uh, the release of 2021, it was, uh, wasn't that much. Like, uh, so no effects of this interest rates are coming in the current spending, like people are spending low now. Have you seen any effect at all in the last 30 days oh. or 60 days? Not really, but it depends on the type of business. Uh, it really depends on the type of business. For us, we, we haven't seen any, any decrease in, in spending. Actually, wow. we, uh, we did a very good year last year. Mm. And uh, right now, last year, we weren't that busy as now, for example. Uh, 
Because in the news say UK recession, but as we all know, everyone's saying we are so busy. Exactly, exactly. So for us, it's very, uh, not strange, but I mean, we are, we are really yeah. happy about it, but unusual. Yeah. Uh, but we are really, what, what really happy about it. What about people part of the business, right? Like uh, managing people, staff, just the last one there on like the psychology of your team, your colleagues, yourself, you know, how has that changed? Uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I'll just give you some leads and we can follow from there, like hard work, patience, retention. No, well, people now, uh, I don't say demand, but they are a little bit more used to have more free time for, for yourself, for your private mm. side hustle or studying for us. So what uh, everybody, I think, around London mostly, and uh, we, we do, we're trying actually to uh, do less working hours, maybe, mm. and uh, to focus a little bit more, you know, for example, with my guys, let's say that, Okay, tonight is not busy. If you want, go home, study for your WSAT or your quarter master, uh, go out, study a little bit more. So to give a little bit more um, time. free time, yeah. you know, and uh, we can see that uh, this uh, is actually, guys are coming more relaxed. They're coming with more uh, willing to work. They're making, uh, of course, in less time, they're making done more than let's say in 12 hours, because yeah. of course in 12 hours then you get very tired. And you, th you see this being normal now, the next permanent sort of way people are going to exp have a relationship with, you know, work? But I think, I think so, because, well, it works. Of course, it's not easy to find, uh, um, to find uh, work power right True. now in London, because it's a big shortage. Thank Hospitality was, of course, driven by uh, people, uh, you know, from uh, from Europe, from yeah. uh, from outside, from uh, France, Italy, Germany, or like most Europe. And during COVID, people went back home. So now it's a bit of a struggle to find uh, people working hospitality, which is food, uh, which is kitchen, which is a uh, uh, dining room, or as a sommelier. Sommelier is, you don't find it. <laughs> wow, tough, huh? Just uh, define what is a good sommelier to you. A good sommelier is uh, the sommelier who listens. A uh, good sommelier is uh, uh, the one who makes smart uh, uh, question to the guest and make the guest, of course, feel um, feel at uh, at home. He needs uh, the guest need to be to enjoying and uh, making the right questions uh, and uh, have a bit of kindness, of course. Uh, I think you will make uh, the uh, the experience.